This episode is sponsored by Bedfordshire Hot Tubs. Relaxing in a jacuzzi is the perfect way to keep calm and carry on. Hello and welcome back to Keep Calm and Carry On. How are you all out there? How's it going? Well, I had adventures on adventures, I have to put my teeth in, on my camping trip. Wow, it was a lot of fun actually. This time has been amazing, you know, going back to basics with your kids. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm looking forward to my summer holiday next year in the sun and <laughs> getting in a swimming pool, you know, where it's a bit warmer, but um, we had a lot of fun. A big, huge welcome to our gorgeous sponsors, Bedfordshire Hot Tubs. Um, I know you guys have been watching me. I've been, you know, posting lots on Instagram about uh, my lovely hot tub in our garden. We have had so much fun in it and uh, I'm so grateful to them. If you do want to go and check them out, please do. They've got an amazing website, www.bhtubs.com co.uk or you can also check them out on instagram the same bh tubs um and they're a lot of fun and also they have been so generous if you guys call them up or even better go in and see them they're based obviously in bedfordshire um and quote carry on that's carry on they will donate a wonderful donation to Acting for Others, a charity that is in big need right now. So just have a call up, check, you know, have a chat, check them out. And who knows, you could be uh, splashing about in your hot tub before you know it. Um, also up this week, I have an amazing special guest. Now this woman I have known for many years. We did Wicked together, but I remember growing up with her just on my television in Ab Fab, in the British Empire, and just watching her on stage as well. So I am so honored that she was able to spare some time with us today. I, I know she's been super busy with her online content as well. Who knew how fabulous she would be at TikTok? Amazing. Please welcome Harriet Thorpe. Harriet, it's so nice to have you on my podcast. Thank you for coming on my show. It's so lovely to see your face. I know the listeners can't see you, but you look so glamorous. I'm so impressed. Thank you, darling. Thank you so much. I'm honoured to be here and I will pay you later for that. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, it's so blissful to see you. And what a sensation you were the other night on the television <gasps> with the musical theatre. Excuse me. It's, it's almost, I was saying to Paul Robinson yesterday, actually, that it's almost offensive and attention-seeking that you sing so beautifully. That's exactly what it is. I'm just shouting it at is. the millions of people going, listen to at me. At the millions, yeah. <laughs> I know, and it's sensational. So, oh, you know, how amazing. And it also, I look nice. back to our days in Wicked, and oh. it was, you know, in Wicked, every night I would listen to you, you know, doing those iconic songs. It was such a thrill, every time. Oh, you're very kind. Well, it wasn't quite like that every time. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> it was, but, darling. I, oh, it, I, I think it was a really nice show, though. Just to, it, it kind of flew the flag for theatre and our, our industry a little bit. And, and it, it was nice to see something a bit different on the telly as well. And something that was a bit of family entertainment that, that everybody could sit and watch that, that wasn't a competition. It wasn't a reality show. It was actually... Exactly. And really, just a nice entity. And the re well, the reality that it, the reality that it is, is that it is West End brilliant performers, and that is what everybody wants. That is what everybody goes to. Mm. The West End makes more money than football, mm. and yet we're dismissed. And that is the reality. Mm. That is the truth. And it was so wonderful to see 
and watch all of that it moved on to tears completely yeah it did it did um well I mean Harry I've been stalking you a little bit over the last few days because obviously I know Uh-oh. you and we've worked Uh-oh. together and <laughs> I you know I grew up watching you on on the uh, the British Princess Empire and I grew up watching you on the television so okay I'm going like... to stop you there sweetheart I'm going to stop you can you take out and edit out I grew up watching you because <laughs> obviously that means I'm older <laughs> Yeah, I know. You grew up watching me. I totally, I, I totally get it. And it's, <laughs> I'm only kidding. But it, 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 those were the most it, the amazing shows to be part of 30 years ago, Britus. 30 really? years ago. And I'm 35. So how, you are. That? how does you that work? You started so young. <laughs> <laughs> so young. But I, I can't believe, I mean, all the things that you've done. I mean, you've done so much, like TV, theatre, film. I mean, so, so much. I, I wanted to know, like, where it came from like how did you get into to to I mean we show off for a living really don't we that's what we do but how, where did it come from yeah. did you grow up going I want to be on the telly or I want to be in theatre or, or how did you get into it I don't know that we ever know for me it's like an illness we should all be in the home it's like <laughs> you don't have a choice the instinct to perform is everything and as I've said before my first memory is trying to make my sister laugh when I was three and when she did that feeling, that excitement that you're getting a response. It's about communication. And my father left home when he was 14 in the war to join Natalia Conti in a show called Where the Rainbow Ends. And he was 14 and toured around England. So that was in his bones before mm. he even knew. Then he went to Stars and Battle Dress. Then he went to RADA and then he was an actor. And then sensibly, some might say, he stopped. But anyway, that's by the by. And my mum was a writer. She wrote novels quite important famous novels uh one is now called a gay classic because it was about working class boys who fell in love in 1960s when it was still illegal to be gay that was then made into a movie we then she started writing movies as well as novels we went to LA so again I lived in LA we were there um you know on and off for 20 years she was writing movies so there wasn't actually really a choice I was at the Royal Ballet School because I wanted to be a ballerina mm. till my tits I hope I can say that word on your podcast you can grew you have. and once my tits <laughs> thank you dear. I have dear I'm saying it again once my tits grew they were never getting into a tutu you know as I've said before not without ropes and pulleys you know it wasn't <laughs> going to happen but the instinct to perform wherever it comes from it doesn't matter it's the mm. same thing to communicate whether you're painting or playing an instrument or composing or whatever it's the same it comes from the same place Mm. the desire to connect and so like I said before it's not normal and as we've said we get clapped for a living Mm. and it any and you know it's it's that it's that instinctive thing that I first felt at three fulfillment connection people what else is there that's Mm. all that matters and throughout history man has needed theater from the beginning of time you know Yes. And it's not going to go away now. It's just we're furloughed, which actually we're often furloughed, as we know, in our business, you know. Uh, <laughs> furloughed without the support. <laughs> you know. Furloughed yes, without yes. the money. There is that. <laughs> there we go. That old chestnut. Yeah. Oh, but I, so, I, so you grew up surrounded by creativity then. I didn't know that about your parents. So yeah. you, obviously your sister yeah. is, you know, is a familiar face. We see her. An on actress as well. well. Absolutely. And, and we, yep. did you... Did you grow up together doing the same yeah. things? Yeah. Like, did you go to drama schools together mm-hmm. or, did, or did, you, did she go to the ballet school as well? She didn't. We both went to um, 
the sort of Erdang school in its very early days before it was Erdang. Um, but then we went different routes because there isn't a sort of prerequisite for moving forward. Mm. Um, I went to the Royal Ballet. She didn't do dancing, but she's an amazing writer as well. And she um, and so I went to drama school and then I was in my third year and she joined at that point in her first year. So we've always done things together. There's never an issue because we're completely different. Mm. And there's no point in caring about those things. You can't be competitive. Mm. It's just pointless. It's a waste of energy. So um, we just get on and do our stuff, really. And so, um, again, we had the same upbringing. We, you know, so we were surrounded by and part of a family that was in the arts. It was, mm. again, something else that was extraordinary to me. I didn't understand or know about racism, homophobia, anti-Semitism, any of those things as a kid. It's only when I went into the real world that it was there because it was normal. Everything was multicultural relationships, mm. men loving each other, women loving each other, men and women. It was all normal mm. as it is in our theatrical world. It is. Which is one of inclusivity, acceptance and all of that. We are in a little bubble almost because you it's almost it's it's interesting yeah. that you bring that up because if you do step outside that bubble, like if you go on if you go on tour or you go somewhere that you've not been before and you and you've you yeah. encounter something, it's almost like such a shock because like you say, our industry is so inclusive and so it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. It's just about who no. you are and that's and then being a kind person and that's all that's important. And it's I find it, it I yeah. still find it strange. It, it 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 baffles me. It really does. It really does. Um have you and your sister ever worked together? Have you ever done anything together? Yes. Yes we have. We have done we we started um in the 80s. We did a uh, a live soap opera called Tomorrow Forever and Today which was kind of a pastiche it was a comedy show um which I think won a Time Out award at the time wow. um and it was about three sisters who you know it was hysterical we wrote it uh, co-wrote it and um yeah we had a great time doing that and then we also did um another show together it was another series with Dawn French so we have done a telly show together as well was that before you did Ab Fab or after Ab Fab before I think Abfab hadn't been started. I think I was already doing British by then, but yeah, uh, yeah I think Abfab wasn't, yeah. So when you got, uh, I have to talk about the British because I, I just remember it so vividly. I mean, obviously when we didn't have, you know, now you've got so many channels, everyone has Sky and Netflix, and we were all watching the same thing. So, so you were yeah. kind of, everybody knew who you were. Everyone knew about that programme and we all watched it. It was kind of like a, it was a family show, wasn't it? It was something that you could all sit and yeah. watch and it was, it was funny and it was great kind of entertainment. Did, did you know when you went into that, like what, what it was, or did you, because it was massive, it was huge. <laughs> It, it was massive. We had about 13 million viewers, I think. We actually had a reunion online, which you can still watch, actually, the other day. We did a oh, bit of really? it um, with almost all of us. Yeah, we were all there. Um, I'll send you the link, obviously. Yeah, send it um, to me. <laughs> and, no, you don't. <laughs> That's um, the no, funny thing, though, isn't it? You never Everyone's know. got links to everything. Everyone go, oh, catch yeah, up. I know, you dear. Well, I know, dear. But yeah. at that time, we exactly. were but the same things. Focused on that one thing. And you don't know. And what was amazing about that era too, was that if you had something, they give it a couple of years to play in, see how it worked out. Now you get one shot, a couple of audience, you know, uh, sort of information afterwards, and then your show's pulled. Mm. It's all about, it's completely, then they allowed the British Empire to develop, to create 
other sides to the characters to if it didn't get great viewing because it didn't matter they'd keep it going and then they'd see in the next year and the next year and then we did you know seven mm. years seven years crazy oh my god seven years I know I know and, and Pippa and I had our daughters together at the same time who then became the British twins and my son was often you know the little boy in the cupboard and the drawers <laughs> Twins are in the drawers. He was in the cupboard. I love yeah. that. I love that. I mean, again, that's it, it, that's so normal to us. I mean, I've brought my kids to work when they yeah. were little, and it's kind of it's part it's part of it. And it's just normal. Did, yeah. did you when uh, did was it difficult for you to kind of um, uh, I don't know, not like separate being a parent to, or did, was it just all inclusive? Did they just come along and that was how it, it was? Because balancing it, yeah, that because is that's crazy. How, yeah. Oh, it's hell. It's hell, but. I, my sister and I grew up play, playing on the backlogs of mm. 20th Century Fox. My mum was in her office writing and we were dancing up and down in Harmonia Gardens because that set for Hello Dolly was so expensive to put up, they never took it down. So <laughs> we always went with my parents mm. and, and my kids have always gone filming with me or whether I'm, you know, it, it's normal. And in fact, when we were doing Wicked, Flossie used to come and do her homework in my dressing room you know that it was normal and I think it is it is great because again it opens them to a world of communication acceptance mm. and you know family and it's business it does but it's it, show business that's all it it is it is yeah it's a it's a funny thing mm. isn't it it is it's our normal life but it's just bizarre it's the most bizarre thing um do they like coming to work with you um <laughs> my I mean they're little I mean they're it depends what it is I mean they enjoy they won't actually sit through a show yet I mean we're not they no. they're too young and my eldest is seven and he's really boisterous and he doesn't, he doesn't yeah. want to sit still for two and a half hours you know he's not interested no. however they do love <laughs> <laughs> they don't care that I'm in shows but they love going to I try and bring to, to the sound checks or if they can come backstage yeah. and meet people because that's exciting yes. for them because they've got that freedom to run around but they can still be around it and exactly that I like them to see that there's other options out there there's so many different things like sound engineers there's lighting technic designers costume people there's so many different options that I think it's really good to expose them exactly to it. oh it's it's bon it's bonkers it is. Although, and, and as you say the backstage backstage is always magic whatever yeah. people feel it's the most magical place to be to stand in the wings to walk on a stage yeah. to see all that is so exciting it's a show in itself isn't it the backstage yeah completely <laughs> completely so, so you've done I mean so much tv and theater and do you have a do you have a preference of where you like to sit like do you are you more comfortable doing one or the other or is it just whatever's happening you're in I I would say I just love working mm. and I just say yes to everything and I want, it is different. Of course, it's different. And I think the only place and time we're actually in control is on stage and being in the moment. Because then if I choose to turn my head that way or the other, that's my choice. Mm. But I still, it's still the same thing. And yes, you're right. It's a completely different experience to get on, do your scenes out of context, especially at the moment. <laughs> you know, there's no sort of journey, you mm. know. So it, it, it is hard, but I still love it and I couldn't choose between them I think because they all are ultimately our job. Mm. Do you feel like there's because I think 
I, I think I notice it because I've predominantly done theatre and I've done bits of TV, but not, you know, nothing huge. Mm. And do you think that there is that divide and that I guess when you've done everything, it doesn't perhaps come up as much, but people in theatre want to work on telly and they find it hard to cross over and vice versa, you know, telly it's, and I guess if you're, if you're a very familiar face, there's a, there's a way into, into theatre, but it's quite a tough um, jump. Do you find that? Or do you, I guess, cause you've done so much or you did something so big so early that I guess the options were, I don't know, more open. I think I've think? just been very lucky. I think I'm just very lucky that I, you know, I was at school, we were at drama school with, Jen and Dawn and French and Saunders obviously so I work with them always and have known you know been pals for over 40 years and so that again I, I remember being at the National and Jennifer calling me and saying would I be interested in doing a show they were doing Girls on Top would I be interested I was like yeah absolutely you know and that was the start of that comedy thing mm. um, and I think there is a divide except that now we have social media mm. where we can have the reins. You're doing this. You're not waiting for some radio station to say, Kerry, would you come and do us a radio? You're doing it. Yes. And we have the power. Yes, I am on TikTok before you ask. Yes, I am. <laughs> and I know the demographic is I say, I'm going to find you. But I'm there. I'm going to find you later. That's going to be my... <laughs> I can't figure it out. TikTok blows my mind. I'm, oh, and then the Darling, horror talk of... Talk to what, your children. They'll sort it. Oh, what if you upload something <laughs> that you haven't quite done and it's like, oh, God freaks me out I love it I know but I know darling but you know we have to do all this <laughs> stuff and we have that at our fingertips mm. we have a voice in a way we didn't before where you can garner millions of people not me obviously but you can garner millions of people because you're doing some funny little thing mm. and then you have the power to do a tv a film whatever it is bizarre and it has changed and yes there is a divide and there used to be you know film stars would never do television now everyone is on netflix mm. naff off mm, yeah. <laughs> go away back to your films you know everything has changed and it's also it's kind of wonderful because now it gives us access to everything and the most important bit is we have the reins too and we can't be like grandparents who go i can't work the video mm, yet. i don't yeah. know how to work that is that a cd what's a cd no we have to do it absolutely and yes. we have that voice that we didn't have before that's amazing. Uh, you're so, and it's so true. I mean, I'm, I remember doing them, one of the live streams during um, the lockdown. And, uh, you know, because mm. obviously the first lockdown, nobody knew what was going on. So everybody went online and was like, we're going to do a show. Yeah. And I did a couple of live streams. <laughs> and then I remember going, uh, I remember having talking to Brian and saying, oh, I just feel like I'm not, you know, we're so fortunate to be surrounded by amazing technicians when we do things and we have lovely lighting exactly. and lovely. And suddenly you're yeah. in your living room, you have no lighting, no sound, no musicians, no nothing. And, and I felt that kind of exposure. I felt like suddenly I was being exposed. And Brian said to me, yes, but remember, you're now opening up a worldwide kind of television screen for yourself and contacting with people or connecting with people overseas and in America and Australia. So don't cancel that out. So it, you know, it really encouraged me to kind of carry, carry on, even, even though I felt yeah. exposed, but you're absolutely right. You've kind but of, you're right. you've got to get, get on with it. You've got to get, get move with it or else you get left behind. <laughs> That's really, and, and we, I've started with some, with some friends, I've started a, a thing called, uh, the Wonderbirds, 
show, which is on YouTube and Facebook, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 4.30, little, yeah, and on a Absolutely. Saturday morning. We'll with, link it. Uh, Richard, the lovely Richard, yeah, the lovely <laughs> Richard Arnold at 10 a.m. for a Saturday special. And it's for, I use the word mature again, um, women talking a load of bollocks. It's myself, Sherry Hewson, Dee Anderson, and Debbie Arnold. And together, all of us came together. It was Debbie's idea. I thought up the name Wonderbirds because Dee's parents created Thunderbirds and Sherry Houston is the icon that she is, obviously. So we're all together and we have a laugh. We have amazing people on all the time and we're doing it online. And it's not like, it's not, you know, loose women. It's not, mm. it's the antithesis of that. It's us really saying how we feel, or having a rough day or, you know, we can talk over each other occasionally and it doesn't matter it's about again having the reins especially as slightly over 35 you know it's tough because again we're sort of put in a little box over there well you're this woman now are you mm. oh, no I'm not mm. <laughs> do you find that then? so because, yeah it's the same it, thing it's it you know you do move through those different casting brackets don't you I mean suddenly you're not principal girl anymore. Yeah. Suddenly you move into that parent kind of field that, don't. Uh, that I'm in. I'm suddenly. in the grandparents. And I then don't want to even look, hear it for you. But, I'm but, a grandparent. Yeah. But it. you don't stop. You don't <laughs> stop working though. You don't. Uh, is it because you keep your options open and you're, uh, or do you try and navigate things? Do you say to your agent or whoever, I want to do this now, or I, or I just want to do telly, or I just want to uh, uh, do, or are you just keeping, keeping it open? I say to my agent, just whatever comes in, I'm saying yes. I don't say, yeah, it's lovely to say, I only want to do films. I only want to do television. That's not in my real world. Yes, I'll do anything that comes in. That's my real world. I want to do everything. It doesn't matter how small or how big. I love my job Mm. and I I want to work. I love working and work breeds work. You know, the idea is I'm only going to do this. Work breeds work. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know what young guy who's an assistant director, five years down the line, is running a theatre. You don't know. You don't. You know, and we need to get out there. And I'm not too good for anything. And I always play psychotic nutters, so it's fine. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I have to talk to you about AbFab because, again, it's, I mean, it was... Yeah. I grew up with it. I just grew up with it and I loved it. And again, it, it just, it was one of those iconic shows. I mean, how did it feel being part of that? I mean, you said you guys were mates and you you were at college together. That's fantastic. And there's nothing like working with your friends. You know, I think as well, the older you get, it's so much more exciting to work with your friends because you just feel like you've, you've won the best, you know, prize ever. You're doing a job you love, but you're mm-hmm. working with your mates did you have lots of input in that or, or were you just like called up and said yeah I'll come along and, and do whatever needs to be done I think because we'd all worked together a lot anyway um the characters she wrote and I played Fleur and as it began to evolve and her kind of voice was created her weak R began to be represented in all the different, you know, so I used to have lots You've of You've made boys, my life now. Know. I can't believe I never made you do that before. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> Why until now? But it's such fun. Oh, <laughs> but it's such fun, you know. So she began to write lots of words with, you know, retribution and things. So, I, you know, I'd have to say it a lot. And, you know, it, it, so those things evolved. It was, it was the most wonderful group of women to work with. No agenda, mm. just fun just creativity and Jen's writing is amazing 
and everyone had a good time why not you know yeah. and then we did the movie which was just the most joyous thing yeah is it different is there a difference when uh, from the tv show and suddenly moving is something that's so iconic to go right we're going to make a film now mm. is there is there pressure on that to you know to deliver something a, a, a different I don't know, a different package almost, because it's still on screen, but a movie is like, is, I mean, it's a longer, longer episode almost, but it has that, I don't know, it has that difference about it. It has that kind of expectation, maybe. Did, did everybody feel that? Or I think, or? I, I don't think we did, because we're not the people funding it. Mm. We're just the people having a good time back with our mates, exactly yeah. as you said, mm. you have a shorthand. It's so lovely to see them on the days that you film. And I think also it was the most perfect tonic for the Brexit hell that happened the week it opened, the film launched. And so therefore everyone was like, yes, give us this comedy. Let's take us away mm. from our world. And it, it was no different really. And it was just, a, it was a kind of progression of the series, if you like, to something that was just fulfilling and was really successful because it wasn't trying to be a film. It just was, as you said, an extension of the series, mm. but a bit longer. Oh, it's, oh, I love it. I'm just, I'm a massive fan. Do, um, do you ever <laughs> feel like, did you know, I mean, when you say when you were younger and you made your sister laugh and that was, that was something that sparked for you. Now, uh, you know, you get employed to be funny some, on some jobs. Do you feel that mm -hmm. expectation? Like, do you feel that pressure so it's like if I if I turn up and I know I've got a big song yeah. thing, it's like you've got to deliver, haven't you? It's like there's a you're just waiting. There is there waiting. is that, but but yeah, and and, and there comedy is, that, is also... hard to deliver because not you know it's, it's about the character. I know, but it's about the character. It's about the character and the rhythm and the comedy and the thing comes from the character. Mm. And if it, if it's written oddly, you know, then. Um, it's if it's written well then you can just you just flow you know mm -hmm. it's a different thing altogether yeah and I don't think there's a an issue at all and uh, at all I think it's a it's a, a natural if it's character based you're free yeah so it takes away the pressure I have to be good yes yeah. we all have that pressure to hit that note to dance that step mm -hmm. to make this moment marked but actually when you let go and you become the character then you're free when you're Elphaba you're in that moment mm. of her journey. You know, did you think every night, oh my God, oh my God. No, this was this, this is what happened Most in her nice. story. <laughs> Most nice. <laughs> no, you were amazing. You were amazing every night. And, and, it, and it is about, that was the moment, this is what this moment is. Mm. You know, and, and you're freed by the character and their journey as opposed to, you know, I mean, there are certain things that, you know, yeah, a timing thing with comedy, you know the feeling of it. But mm. it's also, if you pressure yourself, then you get in your way. You'd absolutely, you're your own worst enemy. That's that's so right. You're getting yeah. in your own way. I think that's brilliant. That's fantastic. <laughs> do you write, Karen? Do you kind of, do you write, I know you say you kind of get involved a little bit, but do you write your own thing? Do you ever get inspired to do that? I create things, but I'm not a writer. I am dyslexic. And so the idea of writing is hell because I can't spell anything. And um, no, I, I can look at a script and make it work more fluidly in certain things. But I think that, um, I think that uh, you know, I think writing isn't my skill. Mm. It's part of what I do. 
and I, but I'm not a writer, but I love expressing and expressing and it's all the same thing. Really. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember coming to see you yeah. in, um, yeah, I'm jumping all over the shop because I get excited when as you know, I've got so many things to talk to you about. It's, it's wonderful. I can remember getting to see you in, uh, in cabaret and I, I don't know why I was there. I was there. I can't remember, but I remember the show just being so, I, I loved it as a child, grew up watching it, loved it. Um, and then when I saw yeah. it on stage, it's always that danger, isn't it? When you go and see something that you've loved, that yeah. it's not yeah. going to be all the things that you expect and want it to be. And I was just blown away and you were wonderful in it. And oh, it you. was, for me, it was a, it's just a real special show, but it was yeah. different. It was different. Did you, um, how was your, how did you find it? How was your experience on that show? Again, because it was such a creative thing with the director, with everybody in the company and the choreographer. And, you know, it was just it was just a joy to be part of. And because it was so different. Oh, it was lovely. I just loved it. I love it when you come away from a show and you just you're moved and you just feel all those things. There's nothing worse than if you leave a show and you just don't feel anything. <laughs> so I have to talk to you about Wicked because we did have so much fun and it's magical show it's a I mean it's a monster of a show it's it's a big it's a big thing and and you came in and were so I mean so brilliant I just I just loved it did did how how was it for you I mean because you had to come on and like be her be Morrible right at the top but it was it's bitty for you Morrible yeah it, yeah I, I adored being I adored being the person who was only the only person who was really truly wicked um that was really yeah. thrilling yeah as I say always playing psychotic people um <laughs> I adored I adored coming in and I think I had about a week to work with people mm. and then we did the show yeah and it's kind of extraordinary when you're stepping in like that it's rather amazing I adored doing it because again that sense of family and after a while once you've got over the initial anxiety as you said of being quite bitty you're not on you don't mm. have a through line you come on you do a scene you naff off again for half an hour mm. but it's all the things the backstage family the interesting things the moments yeah. of coffee corner or <laughs> passing somebody regularly every night at, at the certain point you know and so those little things that are become you know your your nighttime family mm. and so it they're so precious and the the quality of Wicked was so extraordinary, whether it was the attention to detail for all the costumes, the wigs, the makeup, the story, the performance. It was just the most fulfilling show to do because it was everything. It must have been harder for you, though, darling, because you were on all the time <laughs> and you had to fly in the air, you know, yeah. and all that. <laughs> just catch those notes. I actually just walk Yo. about a bit with a brand. <laughs> oh, it's, but you're right it, it, that show only works if everybody's doing their bit if, if everyone kind of pulls together and, and becomes that unity it's the only way it works it, it just no. can't work any other way you touch on like anxiety like have you ever experienced any show uh, stage fright any anxiety I mean we all get nervous but have you experienced anything that's you know been a bit more than nerves or anything that you've then had to overcome or deal of with of course darling you know in live theater mm. we go wrong all the time people mm. don't always know and even in Shakespeare I remember doing um Cymbeline where I was playing a queen murdering her king of course and um there was a big court scene and I knew I suddenly didn't know what my next line was I knew it wasn't plot and I knew um 
it didn't matter if I didn't know, but my lines were coming up and I, you know, in that speed of that moment of thinking that panic, that rush, mm. you, again, the white noise of terror blocks any kind of sort of clarity. And everyone looked at me because I was about to do my line and I came up with Shakespeare and I went, as I looked at all my colleagues, and therein lies the end. <laughs> Meaning, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, you take over, please. <laughs> it's and everyone did that look. Oh, no. it's so frightening it's like a roller coaster you get you know it's yeah. coming you know it's coming and something's yeah. got to come out but what? to make up Shakespeare I mean that's I another know, level if I you know, want kind of I mean if you're gonna <laughs> if you kind of know where the where the story's got to go you can kind of say something but Shakespeare oh I think I'd okay. have a heart attack but also it didn't matter it wasn't plot so it was okay so and therein <laughs> lies the end it's like I don't know what I'm saying you do it and then again and also all the joy that we have when those little things go oh, wrong that you don't the the twinkle in the eyes of people when they've said something wrong or the joy that i mean nobody else knows it doesn't affect the story and it doesn't mm. affect the show in its in its entirety but those are the things that keep it fresh every night the little nuances the little mess the little somebody slipping as they came on or you know nobody else notices but as a family on that stage at the time they are the best moments are they are yeah. they i miss that so much i miss those you know, it's like being at school when you know you shouldn't laugh, but it's the funniest thing. It's just the best laughter ever. It's, oh, exactly. It's so brilliant. It's so brilliant. Um, <laughs> is there any shows that you haven't done that you'd like to do? I mean, you've done loads and loads of big West Ends, but you've done Shakespeare, you've worked at the National, you've done so much. But is there anything that's that's on there that you haven't done or that you like would like to do? Again, I think... I might want to do something, but if I define myself by doing it or not doing it, then I'm lost. Mm. And so I just will do whatever comes next. And I think that's that's the only thing to do, because mm. otherwise, if I don't have the thing that I want, then I become nothing. And that's the same with jobs, with interviews. I can go and have a good meeting, a good time. The rest isn't my business. And you go where you're wanted, not where you want. And that's the thing that gets me through. Brilliant. You've almost given me my final question already. That was that was a great answer. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> yes. I'm going to have to soundbite you. Amazing. Have you had um, have you had a moment that's been like a lowest point throughout the career, like that's been darker than the rest? And if so, what was it and how did you get out of it or how did you overcome it? I think it's the habit of always thinking we're never enough. And. I used to get the job and start rehearsals. And then every time I would find myself sobbing in the ladies' loo, thinking I was terrible and nothing, and I'll never work again. And then, and this is going back a while, but it's quite resonant at the moment as we're all in lockdown. But there was a time, and I don't know if you've been watching, it's a sin, but there was a Not time yet. when- it's, you I'm, have to I'm keeping it, I'm, keeping, I'm just finishing This Is Us and then I'm gonna go for it, I'm gonna, which is devastating. I hear you. <laughs> There was a time when I found myself at the Manchester Royal Exchange being directed by Marianne Elliott in the most wonderful play, which I had the most sensational part. And I was crying because I was scared I wasn't good enough. And then for one moment, I remember so clearly thinking of all my friends who never made it, who didn't have the opportunity. And I think I was probably in my probably late 30s, that's all hadn't weren't going to make 37 how insane is that yeah and so I decided not to do that to myself anymore because that's will always be one's go-to reaction I'm not enough 
we are enough and we have to make a choice. And knowing you have a choice is everything because then the habits we learn as we evolve absolutely make us survive. But there are times when those habits are not relevant to the women or men that we are today. And that's the time to let go. And so I don't find myself crying in the loo anymore because why would I? Oh, you've given me goosebumps. I mean, that's absolutely right. It's it's rationalising. It's rationalising. We're so quick to, to go there. And it's just not allowing yourself to go there because it's so it's not helpful. It's not useful. It doesn't serve us. It's that's brilliant. And, and I guess the other the other end Have you had a what's been a highlight? I mean, you've done so many big things, but has there been a one that stands out? Has there been a highlight that's, you know, massive? I think, and again, it just sounds so contrite, but it's every time I work is my highlight because I'm just so grateful to be doing the job. Mm. Well, I can't let Harriet leave without asking her my final question that I ask all my special guests. If you could look back on your 20 year old self and give yourself a piece of advice that you've been given or you would give yourself, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? It would be to say, this is not a race. There is no winning post. It's a journey. It's a marathon. So just chill out, have a good time because you might as well. Harriet, you're gorgeous. I adore you. Thank you so much. I hope to see you out on that stage again soon. Well, that's it for another episode. Thank you so much, Harriet, for coming on the show. I just adore you. You're so much fun. And please, guys, go check out her TikTok. It is absolutely brilliant. I just adore her. Thank you so, so much. What a funny story. Um, Thank you so much to our sponsors, Bedfordshire Hot Tubs. We absolutely adore you too and couldn't be doing this without you. Big thank you to my producer, Martin. Thank you for just editing the life out of these things I really appreciate it and of course thank you to you the listeners I'm just so grateful that you guys tune in and all the messages that I get on social media and on the website it's just so lovely I love seeing your comments also if you haven't checked out the rest of the season please hit subscribe and you can go and listen to all the other chats that we've had also of course there's season one two and three if you've missed any go back and have a little listen so you're all caught up And if you like, we might even do a season five, but let me know. All right, my lovelies, have a wonderful week and I will see you very, very soon. Don't forget to keep calm and carry on.